Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Three, two, one. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Commissioner Cooper, and it's time for TSS Fantasy. That's what it is. Right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Commissioner Cooper, and it's time for TSS Fantasy. Yeah! Only the only yeah I got tonight. It's only Nick in the building, but Batman and Robin got you tonight. We're in Jacksonville. We get to stay home tonight on the summer vacation, Nick. Finally, home in the sunny state of Florida in Jacksonville. I mean, you know, you got to tell me. We'll have our guests on later. They can tell me what there's to do in Jacksonville. But at least we're here to talk about. Oh, I know what there's to do with Jacksonville. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> All right, that's well, a story for another time. Yeah, we'll move that right along. And let's, with that, let's welcome into the studio Nick. You got Flandern Macaronis. Yes, thank you uh, again. Oh, I'm always being a fixture here. Uh, thank you for having me, as always. Um, I have no intro planned whatsoever, but you can find me at Nick. At Penn Flanders on Twitter. And of course, I know I'm going to screw up Jason up, but I'm going to do it anyway. Please go to tssfantasy.com. Check out our merchandise and all of our wonderful uh, quips and quibbles we have on, on there. And don't forget to check out our rankings because you know what? They're always right. Yeah. <laughs> now, I definitely would not say that at all. Um, well, we get some things right. I mean, that's just the way it is. Nick, it's okay if you don't have an intro. I got a whole thing written right here. I'm just going to read it for you so that way I don't screw it up. Don't forget if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Don't forget we have a Justin Jefferson giveaway all sealed up, ready to go, ready to ship July 4th. All you got to do, hit the subscribe button. You're automatically entered to win. Easy as pie. Also, as Nick mentioned, don't forget to go to tssfantasy.com. We have the roundtable, so you want to check that out. All exclusive content from our man, Greg OJ, the Juices Loose Mayor. We also have, uh, we'll have, we will have some sh- uh, shows and interviews on there um, as well. We just got to get them in there, so my bet on that. Also, don't forget, we do the show on your fantasy league. If you want to take your league to the next level, you'll want to check that out as well. Again, 
all in good fun. It brings in everybody in. It's, it's, it's a lot of good fun. Just make sure you go check that out. Also, we're getting close, guys. It's getting close to that time. Get on Underdog Fantasy. Use the pro, promo code TSS. We will double your deposit up to $100. We're going to have lots of cool contests on there, not including the money, but we're going to have tickets to Gatorland. We're going to have some Miami Dolphin tickets to give away. We got it all for you. Nick, why do we do that? Well, for two reasons. One, because we can, but most importantly, because we're the fantasy show of the people. That's right. The fantasy show of the people indeed. It's time for Jacksonville. Dr. Miller came with us. We got a house call. Look, I'm a doctor, not an escalator. Spock, give me a hand. The doctor is in. Both of us are at home, actually, here in the state of Florida. We are going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Might not be a whole lot doing Jacksonville, but we are here to talk about the team nonetheless. Dr. Miller, welcome to the studio. Hey, it's great to be here. And unfortunately, we're still going to be talking about Urban Meyer on this segment today. <laughs> can't, can't get away from him in Jacksonville. Still can't escape the shadow of Urban. All right. We got a lot to talk about in this particular. So I want to go on and on. Um, we got two big fantasy names, very relevant names in the running back position for the Jaguars, um, both coming off injury. Let's go to James Robinson first with the torn Achilles. When do you see him returning this season? Um, you know, it, does he come back to the start? And what his percent to the bench is for this upcoming season? He's put on the IR in December, season-ending Achilles surgery, which means at the beginning of training camp, he's just going to be approaching seven months out. And it's not impossible to return after seven months. And in fact, he resumed running early in June. And there's a video of him running. And I, I want to say that I watched it earlier today. And he does look good. From the video alone, you cannot tell which is his surgically repaired Achilles. Now, this is in one view, and it's without any would-be tacklers. He's not changing direction, so it leaves a whole lot, right? Like, we see him running nicely when it's just him, and he's not cutting. Um, Florida Times Union John Reed wrote that James Robinson is not likely to be ready for next month's training camp, but I want to take that a step further and say he's not likely going to be ready to start the season. While it's possible, I would not be surprised if he began the season on the injured reserve. So, much like Michael Gallup from Dallas, I expect him to start the season on the bench. We're going to go 85% to the bench for James Robinson. Well, Mrs. Robinson's neighborhood, I mean, that's not a good good sign for, you know, James Robinson owners, especially in Dynasty. I mean, that guy does come to play. He's also a very disrespected player, always does well. Um, let's go to the rookie from last year, and I always screw up his last name, so we'll just say Travis E. Talk to me about Travis E. I, what do you think about I think last year, I believe he uh, tore his uh, Liz Frank ligament. I think that's what it was. But talk about his injury, his recovery, his percent to the bench this season. Yeah, so Travis Etienne is the Thank last you. name. Etienne. <laughs> Missed all last season with a Liz Frank fracture. So there's some Liz Frank ligament in that region. But it was an actual fracture there to the Liz Frank region of the foot. 
which we talked last season about how it's like the peak of the arch of the bridge. You compare your foot to a bridge, and it's really tough to transfer force from one side to the other if the middle of the bridge is collapsed. So it enabled him to sit out of this failed Urban Meyer experiment, right? He missed all of his rookie season. This is his de facto rookie season. So I think it was a blessing in disguise, right? He wasn't there to get kicked by the coach. And, uh, you know, he, he agrees with this. He said, if there was any year to miss, I missed a great one. <laughs> so, like, I've never heard a better perspective on an injury. Um, I also was a little defeated when I was reading some of his quotes. They, they put a screw in there to repair the fact fracture. And he said, quote, the screw is there. I think I will take it out. I could leave it there forever. I know most guys say leave it there. It never bothers me. But I just don't want to be 40 years old with a screw in my foot, really. When I heard him say this, it sounded like 40 was the end of his life. And, and I'm knocking on the door of 40 in a couple of days here. I'm like, oh, come on, man. So uh, anyway, Jacksonville reports that uh, he's legitimately looking like his old self from an explosiveness standpoint. And I feel good. He's going to start the season at 100%. So Travis Etienne, 50% of the bench, which is under the average for all NFL running backs. Indeed. He does end up on the – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. Now, if he does end up on the bench, I don't think this injury is connected to it. I think this is 100% he's ready to go. Indeed. Well, got to get him with the Robinson injury, so make sure if you're getting that Jacksonville backfield to tra- draft Mr. Travis. All right, Doc, appreciate closing out the AFC South, and we'll see you next week. See you next time. Yeah, indeed. I mean, Mr. Etienne finally going to get that out. Um, look, look, big thanks for him to start the season if we got Robinson on the bench. So you're definitely going to want to watch out for that. I think there's going to be emphasis this year on Trevor Lawrence going to the back a little bit more. He had a little bit of a misconnection with that last year. So I think we'll see that a little bit more. Now, let's get on. We got some guests waiting for us. Let's bring them in. And I got this cool little thing I made for the Jags. I found this song on YouTube. I'm not really sure. I think it was from back in the day. But who cares? It's still kind of cool. Let's play it and bring our guest in. Hey, you, what you gonna do? Hey, you, what you gonna do? 49ers, what you gonna do? Ravens, tell me what you gonna do. Jets, what you gonna do? Steelers, what you gonna do? Cowboys, what you gonna do? When the Jags come with you. Falcons, what you gonna do? Browns, what you gonna do? I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the here, kitty, kitty, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. It's kind of what I feel like it's coming next. Welcome our guest in the studio. This is going to be a fun night tonight. We're talking Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll go around the room here. Welcome to the studio. First, excuse me, I got on list here, John Shipley, B reporter for the Jaguar Report. Welcome into the studio. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. We are glad to have you. Glad to talk about our friends from the from the north side of Florida. But from the south side of Florida, still repping the Jags, let's welcome Lori Fitzpatrick to the studio. I try to look out where you're from, but you had a lot of stuff on your YouTube, so if you wouldn't mind, <laughs> let us know where you're from. 
Uh, yeah. So, um, like where I write for, like, well, who I write for, or right. I, that's what I I couldn't. I didn't know if you had a podcast or what was yeah. up. Oh, you so, had a podcast uh, in there, and yeah, I write for USA things. Today for the Touchdown Wire. Um, and then also, uh, we record uh, the Believe in Jaguars, so it's a Jaguars podcast uh, with them too. Nice, yeah. So I saw a couple things in there. I want to make sure I, I plug. Yeah, hey, I'm all over the place. You know, you can't. Hey, me, you know? that's the hey, that's the way to do it. Indeed. Let's also welcome to, to, to the studio, Danica from First and Teal. Welcome to the studio. Hi, thank you for having me. We are happy to have you all. It's Jacksonville Jaguar time. Let's talk about the 2022 outlook. Um, basically, last year, as you guys know, 3-14, and 14, bottom of the barrel, unfortunately, in the NFL. Total offense was ranked 27th. You were 22nd in the past, 22nd in the rush but 32 dead last in scoring last year. Defensively against the rush, 24th against the rush, 17th against the pass, 28th against points against. So that meant defense 28th overall. So kind of a struggle on both sides of the football. Obviously, when you're a 3-14 and 14 team, that would come to be expected. Big additions in the offseason with Christian Kirk. A lot of things made about the contract. I'm sure you guys as fans have heard a lot about that. Um, you know, hey, you, if you want to make some moves, you got to make pay some money. Christian Kirk could be that guy for you guys. Zay Jones also came in, and I do like the addition of Evan Ingram as well, a nice athletic uh, tight end for you. I think he could, he could uh, pay off dividends as well. Darius Williams in the offseason at cornerback also. We did lose DJ Shark, which is just a sad. We just like saying his name, so that's kind of sad that he's gone. Um, and some guards as well. And the draft, he went defensive heavy, obviously. D Trayvon Walker in the first pick and Devin Lloyd um, as well. So adding some rookie depth um, in the defense as well. So my, um, we'll kick it around to you guys first. John, we'll go to you first. Give me the outlook this year for the 2022 Jaguars, where do you see them finishing uh, at this year? Yeah, no, when I, when I did a uh, story, you know, going week by week, a uh, win loss uh, schedule, I, I will say for those who think I was too negative, I predicted six and 10 last year and I ended up being far off. So hopefully I'm slightly more accurate uh, this year. I saw, you know, just going through the schedule, I see them as a six and 11 seven and 10 type win team this season that I think is better than their final record. I think there's going to be a lot of games that they're competitive in, you know, one because of the sheer upgrade and coaching and leadership and one because of the upgrades of the roster. You know, I, I think I put on Twitter after one of the first OTA practices that they were guys with the second and third teams that I've seen like locked in as starters with the first team and other practices in, in seasons I've covered with this team. So I think they're on the upswing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, think that anybody would think okay this is the year we're go they're gonna win you know 11 or 12 games but i do think this is the year you see them kind of take that much needed step back toward respectability oh and you know what i didn't even mention the coaching because i know once we get it if it gets it all the way around to nick he's gonna spend the whole time on urban meyer so that's why i have, didn't even mention it but yes you are that's, correct in that's liar urban liar <laughs> liar it's already started so Let's get to Lori real quick before we have to hear any more more from Nick. Give me your outlook for the Jags this season. I mean, it's pretty similar to John, uh, not going to lie. I see them just kind of going double in the amount of wins, probably 6 and 11, maybe 7 and 10, something like that. It's going to it's going to take a little bit for for the whole new team to kind of 
be a little bit cohesive. You got a new head coach, like you just mentioned. Um, but I think they'll be a lot better, especially, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. You know, like you guys said, they they brought in some, uh, some, you know, obviously the guys in the draft. Then you got Foyer, who was the number one in tackles last season. I think that's going to be good. Um, you know, I think we all kind of wish they brought in another wide receiver. I think it's going to maybe hurt them uh, by the end of the season. But uh, maybe they can bring somebody in uh, during the season. That'll be, that would be pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say about – about six or seven wins, you know, it's, it's tough to it's tough to say that they're going to be any better after, you know, I, I was similar to John. Maybe I thought they would be a little bit better last year, uh, but that didn't happen. So I'm, I'm not going to get too ahead of myself. I'm going to say six. Sounds about a safe bet. Danica, what do you say? Well, uh, and it's after urban era, era. Um, <laughs> I think realistically, I think we're around f- five and 12. Um, you know, the fanatic or the, <laughs> the fan of me that wishing for the best would think eight and nine uh, would be nice. But I really think they're going to end up uh, five and 12. And what I want to see is kind of a little bit what that end game with the Colts last year, like a team that's getting better. If they get better as the season goes on, I think that's a better outlook for the future. But I just think right now they're, they got to kind of uh, clean up that losing mentality get out that bag so it's going to take uh more than one season to get rid of that yeah i mean it's definitely a rebuilding project um no doubt about it all right nick it's urban meyer time i'm sure go right ahead what's your outlook for this year oh urban liar uh i'm gonna i'm gonna be positive i'm gonna say seven and ten this year uh i think you're gonna have Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You're going to split some games with with your with your division. Uh, I'm going to say you're going to split them with with the Texans, and you might steal one from uh, the Colts, and then and then the rest is is going to be a pick'em game. Uh, and of course, you got that game over there across the pond, which which you always seem to find yourselves. And usually, win that game. I think you got a winning record over there, but I think you're going to have a seven and ten record this year. Yeah, wow. And listen, just so our guests are aware, Nick has pretty much trashed every AFC South team so, so far. So it's actually nice to hear him on an upswing. On I only team. trashed two of them, and there's only four. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys kind of in the same aspect. Six wins is where I got them at. It's, you know, again, like you mentioned, it's a rebuilding project. You do have Doug Peterson, though, can mold uh, Trevor Lawrence into something, maybe uh, mold that offense into something cool. Um, You got Chenault. You have playmakers 
um, on this offense. So, you know, I think some big things could be coming for them. It's just a little bit slow and go, as they say. All right, we're going to go around the room. Let's go the opposite way. Danica, let's start with you. Give me a game on the Jaguar schedule that you're really pumping excited for. I'm always excited for the Colts game. I mean, I mean, we have their number when they come to town, and it always seems the most fun. The atmosphere is always great, and it just seems like we just give them the business. So I'm looking for that Colts game. Giving them the business, I like it. All right, what do you think, Lori? What do you? What's your best game on the schedule? Uh, it's tough, right? Because Tennessee, everybody always wants to see that game, but. I'm actually going to go to the first week of the season and they're, they're going to face off against Carson Wentz again. Uh, you know, they ended the season with Carson and now they're going to start the season with Carson. And I think it's going to be a good a indication win. of what the team's going to look like going forward. So I think they Carson's going to want his revenge uh, and Doug Peterson, obviously he always does well against Washington. So I think that's going to be a really exciting game. That's the one I'm starring on the schedule. Well, you're in Nick's wheelhouse tonight. We got Carson Wentz talk. We got, oh, my Urban Meyer. I love it. All right, John, give me a game on the schedule that you're really looking forward to. I'm going to go week four against the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I'm I'm a sucker for revenge games. And I think, you know, just the entire storyline of Doug Peterson returning to Philadelphia as an opponent for the first time. You know, Peterson's obviously still super familiar with a lot of the players on the Eagles roster. You know, he was the first head coach Jalen Hurts had. And I I think just, you know, kind of seeing those two sides battle out, seeing where the Eagles have come since Peterson. And, you know, hey, if Peterson can sneak a win in Philadelphia in week four, I'm sure the Philadelphia fans would take that very uh, level-headedly and rationally. Man, you have no idea how you're setting this guy up. Now you're talking about Nick's favorite team. I love it. All right, Nick, you tell me. Give me a game on the schedule you really like. Well, first, uh, they're going to remove Doug Peterson's portion of that statue. They're going to they're going to remove it and then put it in in the Schuylkill River where it belongs. Uh, And then I think the game that y'all should be looking at is going to be the game against Denver in England. you always do well over there. Go, go over there, ha- have a party, uh, come back with a win. Well, what are you going to do, right? So that's the game. If I were you, I, I'd be circling. Yeah, I, I mean, looking at the overall schedule, I always look at the end of the schedule. I'm like, all right, what are the games that could, you know, it could be crucial down the stretch. How about this one right before Christmas, December 22nd, a winnable game for you. Going to the New York Jets. I mean, that's a winnable game for you guys, the Jets. And a big one might be, again, it could be, I hate to say, playoff implications. But if it's down the stretch, you just never know, guys. You just never know. Might be making that run this year. We'll see. All right, so we're all kind of in the same ballpark on the Jags. Everyone kind of agrees. No hurt feelings. Like hearing that. Nick isn't um, irritating any of our guests tonight. Uh, what we're going to do now is going to take you a told quick, me not to. I know. No, I appreciate it. I, really I don't know if I agree with the Doug Peterson take, but I mean, I mean I know, everything I, else. She didn't like that. The, they already no. had to melt down the Nick Foles statue to pay his contract. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, they love Peterson. Well, though. they're gonna they're gonna cheer him to death when he comes back. I don't know now if the Jags win, then yeah, they might tear off the statue and throw it in the Schuylkill. But I don't think that's gonna happen. They love Peterson. They didn't even want him to leave. Mm. Lori, Nick is known as the grumpy old man on our show, so that's why you're getting that perspective right there. That's the grumpy old man, old man. Get off my lawn, stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just a realist. That's all there is to it. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back. We're going to do Family Feud or Fantasy Feud. My bad. Uh, no copyrights there. Fantasy Feud Jaguar Edition. And guess what? Tonight, the winner gets tickets to Gatorland. You guys are here in Florida. It's even cooler. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. If- Hayden, we love fantasy football. We do? It's a fantastic game yet. Still not perfect. Like, I hate leaving high-scoring players on my bench. The worst, man. In fact, hate it even more when I put injured players and they're in my starting lineup. Can't have that. And I need a life. The waivers, the trades, every single week, it grinds on me. So, we at Underdog Fantasy want to make fantasy football easier for everyone out there. It's called Best Ball, and we set your optimal lineup for you each and every week. You can do it all year long. We have drafts going all the way from February to week one of the NFL season. What are you waiting for? Use our awesome early sign-up offer to get a little extra something on that first deposit and that first time you play on Underdog Fantasy. Do you put them up? Reach the skies as the stars up above because it's one time for the underdog. One time for the underdog. Come on, get on underdog. Promo code TSS, man. Just come on and do it. All right, guy. Everybody's doing it, man. All right, check this out. Now, I don't have any fancy buzzers or anything, guys. So, unfortunately, we're just going to have to go off you yelling the answer out. So, basically, what we're going to do is, I'm sure we all see Family Feud before. Same set of rules. We're going to, we got we got three of you, though. So, it's going to be a triple threat match tonight. <laughs> but when I ask the question, Basically, you will yell out your answer. Whoever gets that answer in first, if it's correct, you'll get control of the round. You'll have, uh, basically, you'll have the three strikes to clear out the five answers. If you do not, then the other the other people get a chance to steal from you. All right, pretty much basic. Everyone got it? All right, well, for some Gatorland tickets tonight. I think it's like, no, I ain't down with it. I promise it'll be lots of fun. You're going to be laughing by the end of it. All right, guys. <laughs> well, again, Gatorland tickets on the line tonight for the first time. It's time to play the feud. Brad? Uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Justin Jefferson. It's going to be a long game. <laughs> All right. Might not be so long tonight because we got some Jaguar experts in the building. And quite frankly, when I was looking these up, I was like, all right, I, I kind of remember some of these guys. So might not be so – it might be a little easy tonight. They right. were good at one point. They were, absolutely. They definitely had some heyday, at least, for sure. All right, top five <laughs> answers on the board. Here's the first question. 
Give me in Jaguars history top five passing yard leaders. Mark Brunel. Mark Brunel. All right, Juan, you get control of the round now. Um, Go ahead. See what else you got. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is number two on this list, 17,646. Brunel, number one, 25,698. Who else you got? Uh, Dave Garrard. David Garrard. All right, that's number three. It's 16,000. All right, you got four and five left. Luckily, they've only had like four quarterbacks who have started yeah. multiple seasons. So, Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich. This was pretty much a layup yeah. if you got the first one. Byron Leftwich, number four, 9,042. Can you get number five, though? That's what's going to be the interesting one. I, I truly don't know. I'm I'm hoping it's Blaine Gabbert. I, I think that'd be hilarious. Blaine Gabbert. It's good for them that he wasn't the answer. <laughs> you, you got two strikes remaining, sir. Uh, oh, man. Rob Johnson? Rob Johnson. Wow. One uh, guy is still, is still there. Number five just staring at me. Chad Henney? Chad Henney! Pulled is, it out at the end. That is Chad terrible Henny, for the Jaguars. 5,817, <laughs> 5, number five on this list. Wow. Wow, that was a big one, sir. Good job to you there. All right, let's go on to question number two. Top five answers on the board. Everybody's warmed up now. Here we go. Here's the question. Give me top rushing leaders all time. Uh, Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor. Great job, Lori. Fred Taylor, number one on this list, 11,271. Who else you got? Uh, MJD. MJD, who, by the way, didn't even answer my invitation for the show. I had one, but never showed up. Yeah, Jimmy Smith was giving <laughs> Nick the thumbs up. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't wait to see if that happens. All right, number two, MJD, 8,071 yards. You got three, four, and five remaining. Uh, Lenny, Leonard Fournette. Lenny Fournette. He's number four on this list, 2,631. You got three and five remaining. Uh, oh, three and uh, Stewart. Yes, good job. James Stewart. He's number three, 2,951. You got no strikes and one um, remaining. Uh, wow, the, the last one is what I don't know. Rushing. Um, it's not TJ Yeldon? TJ Yeldon. No. <laughs> Um, I feel like I am missing means. 
No, it can't be mean. They uh, tried yeah. me. One um, right, left. Damn, top right. I don't know. I don't know who else is left. Um, dang. <laughs> this one was tricky, I will say. It's, it can't be James Robinson, right? James Robinson? Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's Danica, I'm going to go to you first since John's already up one. I'm going to go to you first to get a chance to steal it. You have a guess what number five is. Oh, my God. I have none. No guess. <laughs> John, I'm going to go to you. Can you steal it? Is it Greg Jones? Greg Jones! You're not going to believe who number five is. It is none other than the other guy earlier, Mark Brunel, 2,219 yards. He's number five all time. Wow. If wow. you don't know, now you now know. Now you know. All right, let's go. Here's a now. This is a fun one for everyone. I love doing this question, so I hope you guys are ready. This is really going to test your fandom right here. Top five answers on the board. Now, John and Lori both got one. So, Danica, we got to get you in this ball game here. You got to get ready. Top five answers on the board. Give me the teams, top five teams that you have the best winning percentage against. Oh gosh, Colts. The Indianapolis Colts. Steelers. No. Not the Steelers? No, 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 no. No, you lost control. So now it goes to somebody else. All good. All good. No worries. But yeah, no on that one. All right. So Lori and John, you got to guess. Raiders. The Raiders. I think someone did some studying before the show. <laughs> no, I, I, I've just seen them win two games against them in my lifetime, so I figure that's better yeah. than, than, that's most, than most other. Indeed. So the Raiders, they're number four on this list. You're a five and four all time against the Raiders. All right, who else do you got, John? Giants. The New York Giants. They are number two on this list. You are four and three against them. 571 average. Who else you got? Oh, man. Um, this is a tough one. Dolphins? The America's team, the Miami Dolphins? <laughs> Don't come on here and disrespect the host. <laughs> No Dolphins on there, sir. You do have, though, you got the Giants and the Raiders, so that's two and four with two strikes remaining. Steelers? The Pittsburgh Steelers, man. You're really I, I deserve that. I deserve <laughs> that. <laughs> All right. You got one strike remaining with one, three, and five on this list remaining. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay Yuckanees. They are. That's number three on this list. Also four and three against them as well. Uh, Atlanta, next one. The Falcons. I have never heard someone say so many wrong things 
one after the other consecutively in a row. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. All right, Danica, I'm gonna go to you first again because I gotta get you in this ball. We gotta get you in the ball game here. Like we gotta see what's happening. All right, so give me a guess. There's number one on this list, and you got number five on this list. So you got two guests. You got two teams you could get. Two teams. What about Dallas? The Dallas Cowboys. Lori, this is your chance now to steal it. Do you have a guess? One or five? Um, the Bills? The Buffalo Bills circling those wagons against the Bills. <sighs> No, no Bills. However, number five on this list, the Baltimore Ravens. Say never more. You guys are 12 and 10 against the Ravens all time. Number one all time? The Browns, 12 and 6 on this list. All right, let's go on to question number, wait, is that three or that's four? Here we go, number four. John, you got two, so if you get another um, another one, you might close this thing out. I want, I want to know now, let's go opposite end of this question. Give me top five answers on the board, top five teams that you have the worst winning percentage against. Uh, Titans. The Tennessee Titans. That not, that's not, surprising. Not top five. Uh, the Patriots. The Patriots. Black. Yes, they are number one <laughs> on this list. You guys are one and eight against New England Patriots. All right, Lori, you control. Who else you got? I have no idea. Um. <laughs> The star uh, name teams. The Packers? <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. Not a bad guess, but not on this list. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the 49ers? The 49ers? <laughs> on the right track in the NFC, but not on this list. Okay. Um. Yeah. This is the car- the Cardinals. The, the the whatever they are now, Cardinals. <laughs> All right, Danica. You know what time it is. There's a lot of meat on his bone too. You got a lot of meat here. You got two, three, four, and five. I mean, get any one of those. 
and you take the crap. Seattle. The Seattle Seahawks. John, you got a lot of meat as well. You finish this game if you nail this here. Two, three, four, and five. You got to guess. Arizona? That was already guessed, sir. Oh, okay. I'm not uh, going to be like Wheel of Fortune and, and or whatever it is. Let, let me go with the Rams. The St. Louis Rams or whatever they are now. The L.A. Rams, my bad, are on this list. Number four, one and five all time. Number two, the Commanders. You guys are one and six. You mentioned that game earlier. That could be could be one. Now you're really looking forward to the Vikings. Also, you're one and six against as well. Number five, the Chargers. Both L.A. teams got your number now. Three and nine all time. Congratulations, John. You are the winner today. And again, Gatorland tickets for you. Congratulations to our winner. Now, this part was a little no, bit. No, don't do it to girls. No, don't do it to the girls. Delicate, as a tradition on our show, the losers of the show, there's a little thing played. And, you know, Listen, I, I would thought about it and I was like, no, I'm not going to. But listen, we got I mean, it's we're in 2020. You got you know, we, you guys are like the guy, you know, you got to get 2022. Title nine. Give it to me. All mm-hmm. right. Here we go. The 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 losers of the week. Get the dumb. I'm sorry, ladies. Of the week. Sorry. So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. It's good day, ma'am, Gene. And sorry, ladies. I, let me apologize for Gene. No, seriously, it's it's only tradition. You got, hey, you're here. You got to induct yourselves into it. We love it. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we come back. We're gonna talk about individual players on the Jaguars and some fantasy prospects for this season. We'll be right back. Are you feeling stressed out because you're not achieving your personal goals in life? You're not alone. And like most, it's time to make a change before the inevitable. It's time to call in the coach. Vision, coaching, and consulting. Because every champion has a coach. Our proven coaching methods have been in place for over 20 years and have helped professionals just like you achieve more than ever thought possible. We will partner with you and be there to ensure your goals are met. Our coaches will assist you in formulating a plan to achieve your goals. At Vision Coaching and Consulting, we offer business coaching, life coaching, and consulting services to get you back on track to meet those personal goals. And our virtual appointments make it easy to connect to a coach at any time you need them. Stop by and visit us today online at coachingandleading.org or you can follow us on any of our social media platforms by our handle, Coach Lead Win. Vision, coaching, and consulting because every champion has a coach. Every champion has a coach indeed. All right, we're going to take, uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking about we're taking a quick break. 
we are going to be talking about rankings. My bet. Are you guys ready? All right. Ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. ready, ready, ready. All right, let's start with the golden boy at the QB position. And listen, I have to be clear. Ever since I saw Trevor Lawrence, all I saw him in it was in a Dolphin uniform and them golden locks. I mean, he was meant for Miami Beach, where I know you agree with me, no matter what team you like. He was meant for Miami, Trevor Lawrence. But anyway, I'll get off that. Last year, finishing 22nd overall, we know we had some issues with Urban Meyer and the way the offense and, in fact, the team was running. Um, So not too shabby, as I think the doctor alluded to, if there was a year for anyone to miss, it would have been last year. All the struggles that went on and still played pretty decently um, at times. Like we said, had some trouble with turnovers. But you're a rookie, you're going to expect that. Peyton Manning obviously didn't play very good in his rookie year either. So looking at this season, the additions of Christian Kirk, obviously with now, obviously James Robinson will be back at some point. So you will have a nice one-two combination in the running game. You do have playmakers. Again, we talked about Evan Ingram a minute ago, and we'll be talking about him in a minute. With all that said, I'm going to leave him right around the same area, around the 22-20 mark. Because, again, we're not sure what Doug Peterson's bringing yet. We're not sure what this offense is going to look like. Just a lot of uncertainty, so to speak. Nothing, And that's not something you want when you draft a quarterback for your fantasy team. Nick, what do you say, sir? Uh, I have him currently right there at 22. Uh, so, anyway, um, I expected more from him last year. Now, hopefully... Uh, He'll improve this year under under Doug Peterson. Maybe he's got a better handle on on how to run a pro offense rather than hang out in a bar when he's not supposed to be. But uh, so I'm thinking he could elevate a little bit. Like last year, he had uh, he had 12 touchdowns and he had 17 picks. I don't really equate. You know that was that he didn't have a whole lot of protection last year. He he was under duress. Uh, he didn't have a whole bunch of uh, weapons on the team. So I'm hoping that he improves this year. Uh, he may move up a couple slots, but up until we got to see, we got to see what the team brings. Plus that he lost his major security blanket last year, um, uh, at TN. So that would have helped out a lot. And then Robinson was hurt last season. Yeah, like I said, once, you know, both those guys, they come back healthy. It's a nice one-two punch. We'll get to those guys in a minute. My bad, we're jumping ahead. John, let's go to you first on the quarterback spot. You think we got we got your boy in the right spot? I think the, you, the, the big thing with Lawrence entering year two is, you know, cutting down on those one to two, you know, bone threat, boneheaded uh, throws a game. You know, I, I think coming out of Clemson, a lot of people, you know, didn't really consider him as, you know, an uber-aggressive quarterback who, you know, kind of, lives life on the edge at times on the field. But, I mean, that's who he is. You know, he has a Brett Favre-like approach to the game on the field. You know, he wants to take chances. He wants to push the ball downfield in the tight spots. And I think he learned as a rookie a lot of things he can do. And more importantly, in my opinion, a lot of things he can't do because, you know, just by the nature of college offense, the Clemson scheme, things were a lot easier for him to kind of test at Clemson than they were last year in the NFL. So I think it's about right. I, I think he's uh, trajectorying right, you know, and the word inside 
TIAA Bank Field is that, you know, people who were with Lawrence last year have seen him take big strides uh, this offseason. So I think the error is pointing up for him. I really do. Yeah, and there really can't be a sophomore slump for someone that didn't do so well in the first season. So I don't see him taking any kind of step back, um, which is good news for the Jaguars indeed. Lori, what do you think? Do we got him in the right spot for you? I think he might end up actually a little bit higher. Um, not not much higher, but you know, I, I do think that the coaching is going to have a much bigger impact because I think the coaching, you know, obviously – like reflected off of the wide receivers and how bad they did, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Chark wasn't there and, you know, like you guys mentioned, ETN wasn't, uh, wasn't available, but I still think that Doug is going to centralize the, the offense, the passing game around, you know, his, his skill set, Uh, and I think that he'll do a, a lot significantly better. Um, think you're going to have a better play caller. You're going to have better plays, better schemes, better players around him that help him, uh, kind of take him to the next level. I think Christian Kirk is going to be uh, kind of like his uh, his Amari Rogers from Clemson type of deal. So I think uh, I think they're gonna they're they're gonna pair well together. And uh, I think Ingram coming in there, uh, just as long as he doesn't drop any passes, he's gonna be used like a Ertz and Goddard, you know, back in Philadelphia the way Doug used them. So so yeah, I think he's gonna be might be a little bit better than uh, than twenty two, uh, not much, but. I still think uh, I see a really high upside. Yeah, there's certainly some optimism. His ceiling um, could is a little a little bit higher than last year for sure. <clears throat> Danica, what do you think? Um, I know uh, Pete Prisco likes to say uh, a good quarterback cures your ills and a bad one exposes them. And uh, I about to say last year with Lawrence, uh, it was hard to tell because everything was bad, so you, you couldn't really get a good feel for what he could and couldn't do. Like John said, um, he's probably learned what he can and can't do. And I would hope that this season, he, the rest the coaching around the wide receivers gets better and they could all grow together because we've seen in the past, uh, some of those bad routes with uh, him and Chenault and it was like constant and it was like mental errors, like that should be fixable. So um, hopefully they can all get that, you know, going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, obviously, America's team, Miami Dolphins. I know what it's like to have a toxic coach on your team, especially what it does to the quarterback position. So, I mean, all the stuff, like I had mentioned earlier, all the stuff that was swirling around Jacksonville with Urban Meyer being whatever, he was going through his midlife crisis, whatever was going on with that man. Uh, you know, all that going, running this, you know, running that team. Trevor Lawrence did a great job as a rookie. I think with all that, you know, around him and the weapons, you know, that that failed pretty much for him and the line wasn't all that great. Um, Yeah. Again, like you mentioned, John, he likes to make plays down the field. But hey, you know what? It's all right to be a risk taker in this league now. You know, take those risks because they pay off when, you know, obviously we got to have those guys down the field to make the play. But looks like we got that now. All right. So going to the running back position now. James Robinson, just so everyone is aware, was a definite favorite of mine in fantasy drafts because it seemed like he was always a guy that everyone seemed to forget about. Um, you'd get him late in the rounds, and everyone just seems to always forget about James Robinson. But Matt Man gets on the field, he comes to play. I really do respect his game. Um, last year, 25th, or excuse, yeah, 25th, and that was in 14 games. Now, obviously, not having Etienne there to take away those carries, obviously, um, was going to eat into that this year. Speaking of him, again, didn't play last year. 
um, at all. So what I have them both this year, I have James Robinson 34. I have him taken step down only because now I got Travis Etienne at 37. So I got them kind of in the same um, ballpark. But again, that's because I just don't know what this offense is going to look like and who's going to emerge. I just know what, what I always go in fantasy, what's proven. Travis Etienne hasn't even touched the field yet. James Robinson is always solid when he's on the field. That's why I got him a little higher than Travis, even though he's projected to start right now. Nick, what you got, bro? Uh, yeah. Uh, last year, James Robinson was their leading rusher at 767 yards and eight scores in in 14 games. So, so that's pretty good. Does anyone know who was their second leading rusher last year? Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence <laughs> with 300 and some, some odd yards. So right there, you got the void that, that needs to be filled. And then in steps, Travis Etienne. Uh, right now I have Etienne at number 30 because I think he's going to be the eventual starter. And of course I'm going off PPR rankings because that's what the majority of the country does and then i have robinson at 36 and in in ppr now the way their style looks like is where at the end he's going to take the swing passes and then and then the the outside running lanes and then uh robinson's just going to be the bulldozer up the middle and then i'm sure he's going to be the uh the 10 and in guy so uh, you could get them as as uh, late rounders, uh, and they they could do they could do uh, well for you, um, especially maybe during the end of the se- season uh, when they when you're going for your playoff push and they're getting garbage time. Garbage time equals points, and points doesn't matter where it comes from. Yeah, and if you look at the schedule down the stretch, the Jets, the Texans on that schedule, so might week. Look at that. All right, Danica, we'll go to you. Do you think we? Is there somebody in this backfield you think may emerge, or do you think we got to kind of write splitting the carries? Hi, I'm Maria, and I'm Mike, and we're team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Um, yeah, splitting the carries. And then if you draft them in your fantasy, I would stash them on the bench because I'm not that all that excited about the line. I mean, Robinson, how many touchdowns did he have called back because of penalties or something that Taylor did. 86. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking he could have better numbers. He could have been bigger and he gets down there and there's a penalty because of some boneheaded play because the right side of the line is trash. So I just don't have a lot of faith until I see what that line looks like and what <laughs> running backs can do. Bank is taking out the trash tonight, the trashy line. Danica. Lori, what do you think? I think that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think that uh, – I mean, I, I, I hope that Jawan Taylor is more of a swing tackle. Uh, maybe, you know, Little kind of gets in there. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think with Andrew at left guard, it's going to be pretty good. Um, I don't – you know, I don't think the line is as bad as what everybody thinks. Um, but in terms of – James Robinson uh, and ETN and maybe what their numbers uh, will look like in terms of the PPR. 
Um, I think you guys probably got it right, uh, just because we're not really sure. Uh, ETN hasn't really played a snap. Well, he you know played a couple snaps uh, last year, but uh, we don't really know uh, what what we have what they have in store. But I think uh, John will know more than anybody about James Robinson and ha- what he how he's doing health wise. Um, but uh, by the looks of it, it seems like he's going to be all right. So I don't know if he's going to sit in the background as much as people think. All right. Well, then, I mean, look, she queued you up. John, let us know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, talking to Robinson at the end of uh, minicamp and, you know, just throughout OTAs and, you know, like you guys referenced at the start of the show, you know, he started running in June. Uh, when we went out there for minicamp, you could see him on the sidelines at practice, you know, doing sprints. He he talks like somebody who expects himself to be available at some point in training camp. I think the start of training camp would obviously be a stretch. But, I mean, every indication from him himself is that he thinks that he'll be ready in training camp. The Jaguars, they haven't set any kind of firm uh, timetable. But I do believe once Robinson is back on the field 100% that he's, in my opinion, going to be the lead back. And I, I, I say this for a couple of reasons. One, I think, you know, just the obvious experience he has. You know, Travis Etienne's an extremely talented player, but this is his rookie season, you know, more or less. You know, he even in the pre, the times that he played in the preseason last year, you know, he didn't get a lot of in-game action. He, he needs to get used to the speed of the game, whereas Robinson, you know, he's been the team's most consistent player the last two years. Secondly, I think when people think of a three-down running back, I think people get this misconception that, that value on third down must be as a receiver. I, I think when you look at Etienne and Robinson, to me, Robinson's the, more of the third down back because Etienne's the biggest knock on him coming out of Clemson was his pass for ability. I think you go out there and you look at him on the field, and, I mean, you see, it. you know, he has a slender frame. You know, he's a smaller running back. He's more of, you know, that speedster. You know, you don't look at him and think, okay, this is a guy who's going to pick up a 255-pound blitzing middle linebacker. So I think Robinson is just such an advanced pass blocker. I mean, it's a big reason why he started as a rookie that once he's healthy, I really think it's going to be hard for him to stay off the field. And I really could see them both, you know, kind of being co-starters. But if Robinson's healthy, I don't think there's a scenario where ETN's getting significantly more time than that. Yeah, I totally agree. That's why, like I said, I had Robinson a little higher. And, you know, I like to see at the end of maybe in that that Darren Sproles type role, you're talking about, you know, his frame and where he is. That's probably where you're going to see him at in this offense. And, yeah, listen, you tell Mr. Robinson, come on, Jason Cooper show, because he loves Mr. Robinson on this show. Draft him every year for sure. All right. Also, let's go on to the receivers again. Christian Kirk. The big acquisition for you guys. A lot of talk about that money, that's for sure. Hey, listen, we don't know if he's going to be worth it or not. Maybe turns out, you know, he could be one of the best of all time. You never know. Uh, but last year, number 28. And now, again, a different offense. Obviously, a different quarterback. Different things set up. So it's a little different. Marvin Jones still. And don't forget about LaVisca Chenault, if I'm glad I said that correctly. He was number 69 in 2021. And Marvin Jones, he was 37 last year. So pretty impressive stats indeed. Basically, where I got this is I got Christian Kirk at 49 because of, again, we talked about the uncertainty. I like Evan Ingram a little more than even the receivers is basically what I'm looking at. Because of the uncertainty of the line, Trevor Lawrence, I'd like to see well, when I read there was going to be a lot of 
um, focus on getting the backs out of the uh, the backs of the football out of the backfield out of Trevor Lawrence's hands, so that way he's not sacked as much and not creating so many turnovers. Is what I was reading anyway. So I the receivers are just kind of up and down for me. Chenault might be that end up being that gadget player that you know um, Peterson ends up going to to make his little funky gadget plays. So we could see um, an emergence from him. But out of this receiving core, Christian Kirk, with all that money, I got him as the highest one ranked. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I I concur with you. I got I got Kirk. He's the only receiver that I have ranked uh, at at number forty eight again. PPR. <clears throat> um, Chanel, I think this is his his prove it or lose it year. Uh, with because Shark is gone now. He he was supposed to be the guy last year, and then him and Lawrence just got. Just couldn't connect. The guy that, that took all the lion's share, no pun intended, of, of the receivers was Marvin Jones. And Marvin Jones had 832 yards and he had four scores. So, um, I don't expect him to do that again, but Marvin Jones, he's, he's like sneaky good. Like he'll have, he'll have like a two or three week stretch where, where, where he'll get you like 15 to 20 points and then you won't hear from him for like six weeks. So he, so he'd be the definite streamer. And then, uh, I would, I would draft Kirk at, at the low rounds. He's not on, he's on everyone's radar now. Now, because of the money and he had a decent season last year. So, so he's no, he's, he's not going to be the steal that, that, that he used to be. Yeah, no, indeed. All right, Lori, we're going to go to your, you first on this one. Is there a receiver out of this core that you like? And what do you think we got it wrong or right? Um, half right. Um, no, uh, I don't know. I think I like Christian Kirk. Uh, I think he might be, you know, he might be the guy to get the most, uh, you know, passes thrown to him. Uh, I just don't see, like, I think Chanel has to prove it a little bit more before he's even in the conversation, uh, to be honest. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I would say, you know, Evan Ingram would be the second guy just because of uh, Doug Peterson's type of uh, offense, um, you know, and then maybe, uh, then maybe Marvin Jones. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good take indeed. John, what do you think? I, I really, when I look at the Jaguars receivers, I think, you know, the two guys who are probably going to see a lot of volume are Marvin Jones and Christian Kirk. I think, you know, when you look at the guys who are expected to finish top four and, you know, pass catching for the Jaguars between Marvin and Zay Jones, Kirk and Evan Ingram, Marvin is the only guy Trevor Lawrence has any experience and he, you know, already pre-made chemistry with. I think that will play a role, especially early on. And I, I think Kirk, you know, just by the nature of the offense and his skill set, you know, he's really the best guy after the catch out of those four. You know, he's the best guy getting open. I think he'll see a lot of targets, especially out of the slot. And I, I think Evan Ingram is, you know, a sneaky guy behind those two. But Zay Jones is somebody who I think, like, he'll have more value to the Jaguars than he will in terms of fantasy or anything like that. But I just think the nature of the Jaguars receiver room and their offensive scheme, I don't think they're one of those teams that has a number one receiver that they're just going to, you know, pepper with targets over and over. I, You know, I, I could see one week Marvin Jones is the guy, and the next week Christian Kirk's the guy. You know, it really could be dependent on who they're playing, who has the hot hand, stuff like that. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Danica, do you have a different take on that? What do you think? We're all on point here. Yeah, um, I you see Kirk and Jones one and two interchangeable, and then um, Zay Jones. Um, I really don't put Chenault very high. I kind of put him borderline 
Um, is he going to be returning punts, kicks, or whatnot? And his whole thing is catching the ball. We know when he catches it, he's hard to bring down, and that's fantastic. But he has to catch it first. So that is my gripe with him, him catching the ball and, uh, I guess, getting those routes right. Yes, indeed. All right, we talked about him already, but let's just talk about him one last time. We'll close it out tonight with Evan Ingram. Last year, 16th on the New York Giants. You know, we all know the struggles they had on offense, but still 16th at tight end, not too shabby. Now coming to where, you know, again, it's he got Trevor Lawrence has some weapons now, and Evan Ingram now knows that he's the man in Jacksonville. Hopefully, if he can stay healthy. Evan Ingram could have a big season for you guys. I still have him ranked around the same 15th, 16th rank around that. Around that, I mean, I don't see anything going above just yet. However, again, let's see how this offense emerges. There is big potential for Evan Ingram to be a big sleeper at tight end this year. Nick, what do you say? No, you guys are you're praising. Evan Ingram, I don't even think it's even worth it because he just he just he always has that so much potential and yet he literally drops the ball every single time in big moments he drops the ball. So Peterson loves to do the uh double tight end set. So I think you're going to have Ingram on one side obviously and then Dan Arnold the the forgotten man who who came to Jacksonville uh mid mid-season last year and he was and he was a savior and now he's like uh oh yeah we got that Dan guy yeah so uh we can we can see a lot of that double set there but um if you're looking at Ingram as one of your main receivers especially at a high volume you really don't have anybody because he just drops everything Way to throw the wet blanket on the show as we're closing it out. John, what do you, what do you got to say on Evan Ingram? What are your thoughts? No, I, I mean, I, I really think that Ingram, in my conversations, you know, both with, you know, the Jaguars, their tight end coach, you know, their position coach, other members of the staff, and even Ingram himself. So I think – I'm not sure there's a play with more of a chip on their roster, on their shoulder coming into this offseason, you know, than Evan Ingram. I really think that he's determined to put, you know, that kind of Giants tenure behind him. And I think it's important to remember he's the only Jaguars free agent who signed a one-year deal this offseason. You know, he's he's the only guy who really, you know, is on a prove-it deal to where, you know, if you want to cash in next year, you have to produce this year. So I think if you combine that with Doug Peterson's scheme and the fact that his skill set, in my opinion, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence – the type of receiver I think we've seen him thrive the most with in the NFL and at Clemson is kind of a big body guy with a big catch radius just because he loves, you know, testing the waters downfield. I think Ingram is the guy on the roster that, you know, really most fits that mold. He's got a chip on his shoulder because people like Nick are talking trash on him. Laura, what do you think about Evan Ingram? I mean, you got, you got Daniel Jones throwing to him, so maybe that's why, you know? Agreed. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think uh, – Nick kind of took a little bit what I was going to say and John too about the one-year deal. I mean, that was his idea to do the one-year deal because he wanted to prove, uh, you know, to, I guess, coaching staff that, Hey, you know, I'm going to do good enough to, uh, to earn that second deal. And, um, but, but Nick, I do like what you said about uh, Dan Arnold because yeah, you know, with, with Doug Peterson, they had, he had Ertz and Goddard. uh, So, you know, both of those guys were able to kind of step up uh, and produce for, for Doug Peterson and, and the Eagles, you know, for 
you know, for, for an, you know, couple seasons. So I do think Dan Arnold is going to kind of sneak in there. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I do agree with John. I think Evans Ingram is going to be a bigger piece of the puzzle. Um, and I, I think he's going to prove it to everybody that, you know, he does deserve that long-term contract. You guys are hearing from the Jaguars experts. Dan Arnold might be that sleeper tight end this year. All right, Danica, close us out. What do you think of Evan Ingram? Well, he has uh, he's going to get a lot of opportunities because after Dan Arnold, there's there's a talent drop off in that tight end room. So it's Ingram and Dan Arnold and the other two guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, so he he has he has he has a big shot and he has a chance because who else is the ball going to? Chris Manhurts. And Carol. <laughs> Quit. Quick, quick to Google, Nick, as always. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate you guys coming on here. We're in our home state of Florida. Celebrate the Jaguars. Unfortunately, Nick threw the wet blanket before we headed out. But I want to go around the room, tell everyone where they can subscribe and follow all your great stuff. John, we'll start with you first. Yeah, no, you can find me at, at underscore John underscore Shipley. I know those are far too many underscores, but there's like a 50-year, you know, veteran sports writer in Minnesota named John Shipley. So until he gives that up, I got to go with that. But you can also find me at Jaguar Report, you know, si.com slash NFL slash Jaguars. You know, we're boots on the ground. We're in the stadium. You know, we're trying to deliver news, analysis, really reports, you know, everything you can ask for Jaguars-wise. Awesome. Talking to the players. You just tell Evan Ingram to come on the show. You slap Nick a few times. Lori, <laughs> we'll go to you. Let everyone know where they can subscribe and follow all your great stuff. Uh, on Twitter, at Laurie Fitzpatrick. Um, but uh, I'm also – I also write for Touchdown Wire. Uh, so it's touchdownwire.usatoday.com. Uh, that's where you guys can find me. Awesome. Make sure to go subscribe. Follow all her great stuff. All right, Danica, where can we find your great stuff and subscribe to you? You can find me at First and Teal on my podcast, but mainly you can find me at uh, Miss Nika989 on Twitter. Nice. Miss Nika is ready for this season. All of our guests are ready for some Jaguar football this year. Let's go, Duval. All right, appreciate you guys being in here tonight. We appreciate you guys. We're out, closing out the AFC South. Next week, we're doing the NFC South, and we'll start with Carolina on Monday. We appreciate you guys, and we are out. We're on a mission.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 